Jaspers, point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, so make it a part of your daily routine to make it your first listen as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Blazers played the first of a mini home set against the T-Wolves. Saturday night, and again on Monday, we're right here in the middle, and the Blazers get a win in the first one. We're going to talk about that one. Uh, talk about sort of the formula they showed in this game. It's imperfect. It's a little bit frustrating, but I think it's who they are and who they're going to have to be, at least for the time being. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And then Ben Beacon from Lockdown Wolves joins is going to join the show in the third segment. We'll talk uh, his perspective from the Minnesota side and look ahead to Monday's rematch at the Moda Center. So before we do all that, though, let's do what we do. Time for the fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win this game 124-118. Portland led by five at the break. Uh, they led by one at halftime, 66-65 in a really high-scoring first half. Anthony Simons bounced back from a really, really tough night the other night to score 100, 100 to score 18. The Blazers scored 118 and only had 18, 18 of those in his, in the first half. Uh, he, you know, this, the Blazers needed him to have a bounce back game and he didn't wait to have a bounce back game. He got going early 18 in the first half. Damian Lord had 15 those first two quarters. Blazers Go into the fourth quarter, 94-92, but not without some drama. They found themselves, after they led by one at the break, down 10 with four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And from there, they got going. Outscored the Wolves 16-6 to close the quarter. Took a lead uh, by two into that fourth and never trailed in the final 12 minutes. That final frame was all Blazers held off Minnesota, scored just enough to make it happen. Uh, Damian Lord from that 435 mark of the of the uh, third quarter when the Wolves did have that double-digit 10-point lead, well, he just ripped off 18 of what it would be his 36 points to make sure the Blazers had this one. And Portland, like I said, held on down the stretch to get that win, 124-118. That's your fastest recap in the West. Dame, 36 points, uh, 9 of 22 from the floor, but 15 of 15 from the free throw line, added 8 assists and 3 boards. Anthony Simons, huge bounce back game when they absolutely, absolutely needed it. He struggled against the against uh, the Denver Nuggets with just six points. Um, and Portland, you know, Ant's, Ant is one of the best shooters in the, in the league. His strength is that he's a great offensive player. What do great offensive players do? They respond to bad nights with great ones. He finished with 31 points. 13 of 22 from the floor, 5 of 10 from 3. Uh, he was he was great. Jeremy Grant, 17 and 7. Josh Hart, 11 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. He was um, everywhere, made 3 threes, even took 3 threes. I think the volume is more important. Drew Eubanks was maybe the MVP of this game. I mean, Dean was the MVP of this game, but Drew Eubanks was a massive spark. 10 points on 5 of 5 shooting, 3 monster dunks, including one that he split his finger open and bled all over Rudy Gobert. His energy and the way he allowed the Blazers to play a little bit defense changed this game. Uh, on the other side, Rudy Gobert, 24 points and 9 boards. Anthony Edwards, 26 points, did most of his damage early. He added 6 boards and 7 assists. 24 from D'Angelo Russell and Nas Reed, backup center, had 15 off the bench for the T-Wolves, but the Blazers get a get a big and meaningful win. Uh, and I think the never trailing in the fourth quarter speaks to they were just a little bit better. They were really bad in the first half on defense, really bad. Uh, Minnesota got whatever they wanted. Uh, and I want to talk about this more in the second segment is like, 
I think this is the path forward for the Blazers, uh, albeit not a pretty appealing one, but they they got it going in the final 16 and a half minutes of this game, the final 16 minutes of this game. That they they were it was, you know, down 10, but double digit leads don't mean much in the NBA, but still like trailing and they had to take over, outscored Minnesota uh from there by 16. It, it shot incredibly well, made five of their final nine three-pointers. Uh, made all of their free throws down the stretch, like just just took care of business. And I thought Eubanks coming in and checking in the second half of that third quarter just gave the Blazers a, a spark. He he allowed them to switch a little bit more freely on defense, um, and they just played. They you know he had a couple blocks that led to transition. He had some big dunks that are that are you know fueled the team, fueled fueled the arena at home. He was really good. He was he was. Um, his energy was infectious, and I, I will say this about Drew Eubanks: I thought he was not—I did not think he was going to be this good this year. Um, I, I really liked Drew as a person. I really liked Drew as a story, but I was—I was a doubter, admittedly a doubter, when it comes to what he was going to contribute as a center, as a basketball player for this team. He does this. There are nights when his—you know—he's somewhat limited offensive game shows up, but mostly he brings energy, and he's, his energy is infectious. And because he brings that energy, the Blazers are better for it. Tonight was just a classic. This was a good Drew Eubanks game, and he was really good. This wasn't like, like you know, obviously five of five or whatever, but it wasn't like he dominated the glass. Like he, he Drew Eubanks didn't get a rebound in this game. Um, you know, the Blazers in his—he played 20 minutes, and the Blazers outscored the Wolves by 16 in his 20 in his 20 minutes on the floor. It it him his energy his his ability just to to be who he is to play hard and not get cheated in his minutes helped change the game, and also in some ways, it allowed the Blazers to do just enough on defense. They were horrific in the first half on defense, and Drew Eubanks keyed them with just enough. I think he would have played more if not for that cut on his hand. He he had a a baseline dunk. Um, he was kind of. Chilling in the baseline, the dunker spot, that's that space between the three-point line and the lane, a little bit closer to the lane along the baseline. He was, he told reporters after the game that he was actually supposed to go set a screen, but the Dame started driving and he kind of just read the drive, steps up, gets, gets, receives the pass, dunks incredibly hard with one hand, falls down. At that point, he actually cut his finger open on the rim. He threw down so hard, uh, ended up bleeding all over Rudy Gobert and there was like a, a, a stoppage to clean up the blood and all those things. But it's it, like... He 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 probably if he didn't have to go back to the locker room and get bandaged up he probably would have just played down the stretch because the Blazers were better with him on the court. It was a great night for the Shack of Troutdale who um really <laughs> he's he's making uh, a Shack look like the Drew Eubanks of TNT these days. Like he is he has been really he was really good in this game and the Blazers needed every bit of it. But the Blazers also kind of showed who they are right now in this game and I want to talk about that in the second segment. Like they're an elite offensive team. With Damian Lord back in the lineup and, and looking healthy, no worse for the wear from the calf injury that kept him out of seven games, they're an elite offensive team. They're they're pushing towards the top 10 and, and just getting better. They're scoring you know, 120 20 a night. They, it hasn't been a problem on that end. The problem has been on the other side. And I think this game against Minnesota showed us like what right now their formula has to be to win games. Let's talk about that in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you know how much subscriptions really cost you? Most Americans think they spend around 80 bucks a month on subscriptions when the actual costs are closer to $200 or more a month. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. That's why you got to check out Rocket Money. It's the app that I love using that takes care of the subscriptions for you. 
formerly known as Truebill, Rocket Money cancels all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you don't know you got it, they'll find it and cancel it for you so you don't have to. Rocket Money can even find, or excuse me, Rocket Money will find things that are double charging you. So if you have a double subscription to some streaming service you didn't that you didn't realize that multiple email accounts are, are subscribed to, Rocket Money will find it and you, you can cancel that subscription easily. All you have to do is press the cancel button and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. So to cancel those unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today, go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Talk about the Blazers' corner. I think they showed it against the Wolves. In the first half, the Blazers gave up 65 points, and it was an easy 65. Like it was a clean and comfortable 65 points. Anthony Edwards got whatever he wanted. Uh, the Wolves shot 55% in the first half. Anthony Anthony Edwards had 13. Uh, Rudy Gobert had 10. D'Angelo Russell had 11. Like their big guys, Nas Reed had 11 off the bench. Like they were just running pick and rolls. And whichever guard, D'Lo or Ant, was getting them where they need to be. And the big guy was either cleaning up with the offensive glass or just scoring on a roll. Uh, mostly the Blazers' problem, I think, in this was a little bit of overhelping. Like scared about Rudy Gobert running to the rim. Defense pulls in. You spray it out to the corner, spray it out to the wing. Now you're caught in rotations. Rudy Gobert just parked in the dunker spot. The ball finds back to him. Or, you know, just just straight up not getting back to go bear when you're trying to when you're trying to guard pick and rolls it's just basic basic ball screen stuff uh, Lamar heard talked about it on the broadcast Rodney Billups uh, who did the sort of halftime interview with the Blazers uh, they do an assistant coach interview on the broadcast he was he was like yeah we're not guarding the ball um, it was like uh, it was it was just obvious like it was just it was an easy easy 65 points right the thing was the Blazers were winning they had 66 they were carving them up like Every time it's at 18 in the first half, he was excellent, right? Like he was so darn good. So you're you're in the game because of your offense. And then, you know, first first few minutes of the, of the third quarter, they're still kind of not not getting there on defense. I think their defense was better to start the, the third quarter, but I don't think it was like this wholesale massive change. It was just they went from being pretty bad to totally passable and totally passable is about the level you are hoping for at this point and I don't mean that in like an insulting way like um Portland coming into the season I thought the Blazers were going to be a top 10 offense and a bottom 10 defense and that's kind of the way they're trending so for me I am less focused on what the Blazers' weaknesses are. I think improving your weaknesses is hard to do to a a certain extent. Like, you can maybe get a little bit better and clean some easy stuff up and, like, not have terrible pick-and-roll coverage, but it wasn't like the Blazers shut shut down the T-Wolves in the second half. They go up 65 in the first half. They go up 52 in the second half, 26 in both quarters. That's about it, right? Like, if they give up 105, 108, they're going to win a lot of games because their offense is great. If they give up 118, 120 then it gets dicey. That's that's the margin for error, right? Like, instead of, for me, I am much worried about their strengths being strong than their weaknesses being better. If they're bad on defense, kind of just so be it. That's who I think they might be. And I'm not, I am, for one, I'm just not that worried about it. I, I, <laughs> it, is, it is a low-level concern for me. But if their offense isn't good, then that would be a concern. Here's the thing. With Damian Lord back on the floor, their offense has been great. It looks great. It looks better. He makes things so much easier. He's He is 
in and of himself, a wonderful offensive player that can go get his points. He's also the Blazers' best playmaker. He's the Blazers' best like advantage creator. He commands double teams. He gets past the first line of defense and commands help. Like he's he just greases the wheel so the whole machine looks better and they get buckets. They were not scoring at this level with him out. They were a slightly below average offense in the seven games he missed. Uh, they were 18th in offense over the course of those seven games compared to the rest of the league. Below average offense. With him back there, they're really good. And then you have, this was the first game in Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard's career where they both scored 30. And I don't think, it wasn't like Ant played outside of his mind. You knew that against a team like the Timberwolves that have Rudy Gobert, who's comfortable, who's most comfortable playing drop coverage, coming off the pick and not playing at the level of the screen and playing that high wall, that Ant's just going to dribble into threes and make it happen. Like he's just, he's good at it and going to, he's good at it and going to make you pay if you aren't, if you aren't, right up there. And Rudy Gobert is not going to be right up there. He's not going to be defending at 25 feet. You don't want him doing that. So Ant punished him. And then in the final 16 minutes, Dame has 18 and he punishes him. He had took nine free throws in the first half. He made his free throws down the stretch when, when uh, Minnesota was threatening to make this, you know, a one possession game and give themselves a chance. Damian Lillard steps the line, 15 to 15, a perfect free throw night. The offense is really good. And the defense was just good enough. And I think that's the formula. In the first half, they weren't, um, they weren't, they weren't playing like exclusively drop, but they were mostly like with Nurk in the game, kind of playing a little bit of drop coverage, a little bit of like show and recover. By that, I mean basic ball screen. Minnesota runs pretty vanilla offense, at least vanilla offense in this game. They run a high ball screen. Nurk shows to the ball to stop penetration and then tries to get back and get to his man. But during that period when the sort of show and recover, the Blazers were overhelping and they were having some trouble with that overhelp. That, that was the issue. They got a little bit better. They, they switched a little bit in the first half, like not, not a bunch, but they went to more of a switching defense in the second half, particularly with Nurk off the floor and with Eubanks. Eubanks just a little better guarding in space. Um, not as good of a sort of just like overall giant deterrent as Nurk is, but a little better guarding in space, a little more comfortable there, and they were a little better in the straight switches. That's got to be it against Minnesota in, the, in, in the, game, the game two on Monday night. Like, just switch the Rudy Gobert stuff and dare him to uh, dare him to beat you in the post or dare him to you know ask your guys to try to fight to keep him off the glass. That'll that's a challenge, but it will be um, a big thing for him. Uh, to me, that's that's it. Like it's there was a there's a highlight where Ant did it where he where he switched into the post against Gobert and battled his butt off to keep to keep Gobert from getting good position. The T-Wolves don't want to throw the ball in there, so it doesn't matter. Like, they don't want to give the ball to, to Gobert in the post because they know he has limited post moves. You fight for two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, they're going to give up. You're going to get them taking a jumper in isolation. That's the difference, right, is like four seconds of defense, containing the ball in a pick and roll so they have to, so they don't get that easy first pass to get you in, uh, get you in rotations. Like, I don't think the Blazers need to be elite on offense. Not even elite. I don't even think the Blazers need to be like above average on offense. This is their formula for now until the personnel changes via trade or what have you until, you know, until something changes. I think they're going to be a pretty bad defense. So they just need to be not terrible from the first half. They were terrible to the second half, totally passable. It wasn't like they shut down Minnesota. Minnesota turned the ball over and had a couple of missed jump shots late in the fourth quarter. The Blazers were more active, more aggressive, and smarter on defense. We're talking four and a half, six minutes of good defense, six minutes of competent defense. That wins you the game because the offense is so darn good. That's the formula. Let Dame be Dame. 
Trust that Ant isn't going to have multiple bad games in a row. Um, Jeremy Grant was 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 solid as heck in this one. He finished with 17 and, and rebounded better than he has. The Blazers uh, got some offensive rebounds, which was a big one here. Won the rebounding battle. He had finished with 17 and seven boards. Josh Hart was you know th- does what he does when he grabs rebounds in traffic. The Blazers are better. He finished with eight boards. Nurk was not very good on offense in this game and just like but he controlled the glass. He had 15 boards like and he had the bulk of those in the first. Two, two and a half quarters like I think when he subbed out in the third quarter he had 13 of those 15 like he was 12 of those 15 like he was balling he was on the glass and and controlling things that that's that, that's it right like don't give up second chance opportunities be a little bit competent on defense and let your elite offense carry you does that bode well for like the future of this team? And if you're t- thinking like really big picture stuff, um, I think there was a story today in Yahoo Sports written by Vincent Goodwill that talked the C word, that's championship. That's too much for me. That is too rich for my blood. I'm talking about being a competitive basketball team on most nights to get yourself to the postseason. This is who the Blazers are going to be, an elite offense and a defense that is better than awful. That's what they were against Minnesota. Better than awful. Awful first half, much better than awful in the second half. On the whole, better than awful for the game on balance. That was what got them across the finish line. That's who they have to be. And I think that's who they can be. Um, it's it, it's just it's just consistency with them. And I, I, I think um, some of it is effort. I think just calling it all effort is too simple. Some of it is effort and focus. And I think they were they lacked a little bit of focus in that first half. When the focus got a little bit better and the plan got a little bit better with like more switching and more, um, you know, more better show and recover, like slight scheme tweak and also doing your original scheme just better, sharper. Portland, you know, Portland survives because their offense was great in the final 16 minutes. That's the formula. That's who they are. What about the other side? In the third segment, I want to play you an interview with Ben Beacon. He joined me earlier this earlier this afternoon. You're listening to Monday, December 12th show. We recorded this on Sunday morning. Uh, but it's Ben Beacon, host of Locked On Wolves, uh, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. My, my brethren and Locked On host, fellow Locked On host and colleague, joins the program in the third segment to break down what he saw from the Minnesota side and talk about what needs to change for Minnesota, what might change for Minnesota heading into Monday's game. So join me in that third segment, won't you? But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. they got simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. What I want to do for you to close the show is play my interview with Ben Beacon, host of Locked on Wolves. A lot of fun to give you perspective on what they were doing on the Minnesota side. Uh, T-Wolves are coming off the second night of a back-to-back. They played, they played, they played and won in Rudy Gobert's return to Utah on Friday night. 
Come to Portland on Monday, second night of a back-to-back. The Blazers take care of business on a rest advantage. They play this te- two teams play again on Monday. So here's my interview with Ben to get a perspective on what Monday's game might look like. Joining me now is the host of Locked On Wolves, Ben Beacon. Ben, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Oh, living the dream. Um, I, I'm. We're in between these two games between the the Blazers and the Wolves. Uh, Saturday nights, Blazers come back uh, from a double-digit second half deficit and, and find a way to win. What stood out to you about that game from the uh, Timberwolves side? Yeah, I mean the Wolves have had a lot of problems this year with um, with ad- dealing with adversity, getting down in games, back to backs. Like it's it's been kind of a common thread that if anything goes wrong. Things go really wrong for the Wolves. And actually, even though the Wolves ended up losing and uh, Portland pretty much, it felt like they controlled the entire second half um, or at least the last quarter and a half or so. It, yeah. it actually felt like a little bit of a step in the right direction for the Wolves because, you know, obviously no Carl Anthony Towns, still no Torian Prince, who's a big part of their rotation. And on the second night of a back-to-back on the road against a, a pretty good team, um, the Wolves held their own. The biggest issue was, of course, containing the the Blazers' backcourt and, and point of attack defense has been one of the other big problems for the Wolves this year. And obviously, you know, Dame and, and Simons went off in this game um, and the Wolves really struggled to contain them on the perimeter. And I think that was that was the biggest problem. Do they have personnel to do that? Like, like uh, D'Angelo Russell is not much of a defender. Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards, I, for my money, has not been a very good defender this year, although he has some tools. Yep. Do they have? Is there somebody hiding on the bench that I'm missing? Is it Austin, Is it just Austin Rivers has to do it, or it's not going to work? Yeah, I mean, it's Ant. Ant has to step up. Um, last year, I think he was last season. You know, start to finish overall, he was an above average uh, on ball defender. He's still, he's always had issues off the ball. It's, it's, uh, hopefully something he can eventually figure out this year. You're right. He's been lacking in terms of on the ball defense and he normally steps up to the challenge. It's normally like, Hey, go guard John Morant, you know, and, and he gets pumped to do that. And that's the one matchup. I think he always has gotten up for at least dating back to the playoff series last year. Um, but there's still a lack of consistency there. And then also scheme wise, obviously Rudy Gobert, he only played drop coverage in Utah. That's what the wolves prefer to play with him. And it's really hard to play drop pick and roll coverage against Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. So, um, and, and they combine, you know, Dame didn't shoot the three great yesterday. I had the number here uh, in front of me. Um, he finished three he... for 11. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Simons was five of 10. Ant was much better in those pull-ups against, against uh-huh. uh, Rudy than Dame was. Uh, yeah. Dame just foul merchanted them to death. He just got mm-hmm. himself to the free, free throw line a bunch. Well, and it's funny because they still combined for 21 three-point attempts and the Wolves actually kind of lucked out. They were only eight for 21 combined, which, you know, I, I guess you'll take that. But like you said, 15 free throw attempts for for Dame. And, um, you know, typically that's what Rudy's very good is in drop coverage. But they ended up, especially late in the game when uh, Lillard had a couple of big shots, uh, Rudy got the one block at a key moment. The Wolves were making a run on Dame. But, I mean, they the Wolves ended up straight switching a few times. And, and yep. like, I mean, Gobert's a... Like he can do that against some guards and hold his own on the perimeter. Um, but I don't think he can take Damian Lillard one-on-one more often than not defensively. And so, you know, straight switching those is also dicey. So I don't know what the recipe is for Monday exactly. I think they just need to be crisper, make up their minds, you know, do something that's a little bit more consistent. And the scary thing for me is like, it's possible the, the Blazers shoot the three better on Monday than they did on Saturday. And, you know, I guess the the one thing then you can correct is not commit so many fouls, right? But um, otherwise, that's a really tough matchup for Minnesota's backcourt. Yeah, that, I, I think there's a real advantage there. The Blazers couldn't stop them in pick and roll. Like they just they gave up 10,000 points in the first, like you said, basically to, to about the five minute mark of the third quarter, the Wolves mm-hmm. got whatever they wanted. 
And then the Blazers played pretty good defense for the final 17 minutes. And that was enough to, yeah. to, to, to shift it. But it really wasn't, it wasn't like Portland, like solved them, right? Like the, they were, they were pretty much getting, it was a little quieter down the stretch, I think was the big difference uh, beyond kind of just bringing Rudy up and in, you know, having him play at the level and having him switch. Uh, I think you're right. I don't want, I, I don't think having Rudy Gobert guard stars in space is the way to get the most out of him. Like it kind of is what it is. He needs to play drop because he's good at it. Um, is are, are there things they can do other than I think always the best uh, adjustment is play better. Is there is there an adjustment beyond do what you do better? Uh, not really. And, and that's the weird thing. Like normally if you, I mean, like if we were talking after most Wolves games this year, I would point directly at like, Hey, Hey, these are the things that they've been terrible at all season. And it happened again, right? Transition defense, um, defensive rebounding, which I guess we could point at that. They were like minus the wolves were minus 17 in, in rebounding, uh, overall against a pretty average rebounding team in the blazers. So, um, there's some of those things. Yeah. There's some of those things that they've consistently struggled at, um, that they just need to be better. Like they, I mean, they won the other night, they beat Utah despite losing. I think they made less threes and made less free throws, but like they did enough in some other areas, you know, that, that they were able to be competitive, but uh second chance points was a big one in the first half, especially Portland dominated that category. I think they had like 17 point second chance points in the first half or something. Um, so I think that's probably the number one thing is like, Hey, Portland's good enough offensively. They're a top 10 offense. The wolves have been up and down defensively. If you force them into a tough shot, then like get the rebound and get going the other way, play fast. You know, the wolves play at a much faster pace than Portland. So I think the number one thing would be limit second chance points, get out in transition. Portland's going to score, right? Like you're only going to be able to limit them so much, but the wolves by playing fast and limiting them to one shot opportunity offensively should have it. You know, that's, I think the wolves ticket to winning because otherwise I thought the wolves played well, like you said, offensively Portland struggled to stop Minnesota. It was just, you know, uh, down the stretch, Dame getting to the line, second chance points; those all kind of combined to to be too much for the Wolves. Yeah, it's it's always like in the margins in a game that was like relatively close. I think yep. these teams are pretty evenly matched. Yep. Um, like I, I don't think I don't think Portland has this like massive talent advantage. That's not what I saw. Um, I like the Wolves have just they've had trouble in these in close games this year. Um, mm -hmm. they've had a, they've, they've had a little they've been a little bit shaky. Um, and Portland has has Damian Lillard that maybe that maybe it's as simple as that is yep. the advantage is like in a game that's pretty close in the final four minutes they've got a dude and the and the, the Wolves are still looking for it how good can Minnesota be without like can this and this is the last one to get out of here can this be useful for them to play these games without Cat? you know they're going to play a handful you know a bunch of games without him can this be useful for them going forward in terms of identity in terms of figuring out what works and things like that yes absolutely because like Friday night, I mean, 24 hours prior to this game, there was like this undercurrent on Wolves Twitter of like, you know, this hush hush, like, are the Wolves better without Cat? You know, they've won a couple of times, which is obviously absurd. Yeah, they're it's not. Just, but yeah, they're not. It, but like, you look at the categories that they got beaten. And I talked about this uh, on our, our, our postcast that we do after the game. The Wolves got beat. They only made 10 threes in this game. I mean, they got beat behind the three point line. They got beat in terms of made free throws. They got beat on the glass. Those are all areas that Cat is one of their top two players in, right? right those are all areas right. that Towns is really good at. So those are those are areas they need to be better at with him off the floor. And he gets into a fair amount of foul trouble anyway when he's healthy. So like these are valuable reps as much as it hurts to lose the opportunity for Rudy and Kat to play together more, uh, which is I think the under, I've talked about this a lot on Lockdown Wolves. Like that's the biggest problem is you're losing six weeks probably of Towns and Rudy playing together and getting better, you know, as much as the Wolves are better with him on the floor. There's like that, they're still getting familiar with one another. But the Wolves, the non-Cat Wolves need to shoot more threes, make more threes, get to the line more often, rebound the ball better. 
those are all categories that they failed in against Portland. And had they been a little bit better, they would have won. So I think these are valuable reps um, and, you know, learning how to play with Rudy in general. I think the biggest issue early in the season, D'Lo and Ant not having a familiarity with Rudy uh, in pick and roll game, they're getting plenty of chances to familiarize themselves with Rudy and pick and roll with no towns on the floor, right? It's a lot of Ant and Rudy pick and roll. It's a lot of D'Lo and Rudy pick and roll. Um, so those are all valuable things. And, um, They've probably got another three, four, five weeks without Cat. So uh, this is, I think, like I said, valuable reps and uh, important lessons to learn for sure. Well, the good thing is the Blazers looked like a pretty bad pick-and-roll defense against that Rudy Gobert role. So uh, they'll have another chance on Monday night. It's hard to win two of these in these random split games. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota comes back and wins on the road in Portland. Um, it's just kind of the nature of weird, the new weird NBA scheduling. Whatever happens on Monday night, my listeners can should. I, I really encourage you that go live on the Locked on Minnesota Sports uh, uh, YouTube channel after all of the games. And you can follow Ben on Locked on Wolves, available wherever you get podcasts, YouTube. You know the drill. Find it there. Ben does a great job. And you'll you'll get learn more about the team. Well, ben, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks again to Ben for joining the show. Dear listeners, come back for a Tuesday show. We'll talk about that second Minnesota game and whether our, whether our thoughts about Minnesota cleaning stuff up and just doing what they do a little bit better was the adjustment or whether Portland was able to go 2-0 and and sweep a little mini-series against the T-Wolves five days a week, available on all platforms, coming at you every weekday. It's Locked on Blazers, man. Tell your friends, tell your folks, tell your people. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.